ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome into a Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Happy to be joined by Danny Cannell, former college and pro quarterback, current ESPN radio host, and this week a participant in the Diamond Resorts Invitational. Before we dive into your day job, we need to get your vital signs on the golf course. Let's go through this. Give me your handicap. Uh, right now, I'm a four. Okay. Uh, I've More than respectable. Down, I've good. had it down to scratch, okay. but then I had kids. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like there's a formula for every child you have, like it knocks a stroke <laughs> off your game. So I was probably a one. I have three daughters, so okay. there it goes. Because most I people, to... most people lose more than one shot, I think, in that <laughs> right. in that translation. So I'll take it. I'll tell. Okay. I'll still take it where it's respectable. What's your best uh, single round? Uh, Sixty-nine. Okay. Been, and that that number, like breaking the seventy barrier, took a really long time. Uh, and I did it at my course down uh, in Fort Lauderdale, where I was playing a ton, Coral Ridge Country Club. Oh, yeah. um, and I only did it once. So I've been around 70 a couple other times. And well, it it's, still, it's still a mind game for me because I'll be at that territory, you know, come in 17, 18, and then I'll have a, a double or something <laughs> on 18. So I'm still a little bit of a mental uh, basket case out there. What's one area of your game you're working on the most right now? You're coming, uh, out, of a, always, you're coming out of a winter in Bristol, Connecticut. Yeah, so, so my be... game is funny because I think the easiest part for me personally to pick up is the driver and the irons. Like just content, making good contact, I can get it far enough. It's just short game. It's always, it's always the feel uh, with the wedges around the green and just putting, just getting a feel for the game because it feels so foreign to you as it is being it wasn't your primary sport and it does take a while to get that back. So I'll be spending some time out there just chipping around and hopefully don't pull a TC Chen out there on the course at yeah. time. Let's get some positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Good yeah. call. Uh, so you're coming off certainly the busy part of your calendar. How how tough is it to kind of try and get a little bit of an, an outlet and get a, a few holes under your belt during the fall season when you guys are staying so busy with college football? Impossible. Like, I, I'm not joking when I yeah. say I haven't any balls. I just, I, because we have our radio show five days a week, but there's also some TV responsibilities I have to do with SportsCenter. So that's five days a week where I'm pretty, pretty just going full time. And then Saturday, I'm in studio for 15 hours um, throughout the college football day. We'll be yep. watching there, doing all the halftime coverage. And I usually get home Saturday night around 3 a.m. after it's all said and done. So Sunday, I don't, you know, I'm trying to sleep in, but I have my kids waiting. I don't get to see my kids that much during football, so I usually try to play with them. And the other issue is living in Connecticut. The weather becomes a factor yeah. sometimes. So I'm, I'm looking at investing in a putting green for the basement. Okay. And maybe putting up a net in there because my nine-year-old likes to play a little bit of golf, so I want to get you know have her be See, able. to There you play. go. That'll be good. You can do the combo. You get the yeah. kids' time, get them into the exactly. game, and you can have a little practice for yourself. That could work out well. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So a few days ago, we had uh, the national title game just down the road in Tampa. Am I crazy to think that this game is not as 
as great as Texas USC. I feel like there's so much recency bias going on where people yeah. are proclaiming <laughs> this is this is the greatest thing ever. I still feel like Texas USC is a cut above this game. Yeah, I would. I, that's fair. I wouldn't have any problem with that because I think Texas USC you had two offenses that both played pretty well, and you had two great quarter. You had great players on both sides of the ball, whereas last night you had a great defense for Alabama facing Clemson. It was a complete team, and they had a great quarterback. But Alabama's deficiencies on offense were a reason I would say, you know what, that game wasn't the prettiest to watch from an offensive standpoint. I mean, and a lot of reasons go behind that. A true freshman playing quarterback for Alabama. Mm -hmm. You know, their offensive coordinator gets fired a week before yep. the game. So there are all these different issues. But I, would, I wouldn't have any problem. And even Deshaun Watson, for as great a night as he had statistically, it wasn't pretty early on in that game. I think that's what makes it kind of special is that he was able to overcome that adversity. You feel like the Kiffin-Sarkeesian stuff is overblown at this point? Yeah, I do. I knew I, as soon it's not, as... It, it's, not, it's not Kiffin or Sarkeesian's fault that they gave up 35 points on defense. No, not at all. And if you watched Alabama's offense all year long, they looked exactly like that. They just had a little bit more success. Um, but they didn't ask their true freshman quarterback to do a whole lot, and I wouldn't either with that defense that they had on that side of the ball. So I think that explained a lot of it. I, would, I knew it was going to be a major storyline. The leading, <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope we don't blow. But, and it there presents some challenges, but I don't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so growing up, where did you did, you pick up the game? You were playing football. You are playing baseball. Uh, growing up through high school and college, but where did golf fit into this? So I grew up in South Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very fortunate. I actually grew up on a golf course, okay. uh, Coral Ridge Country Club down in, in Fort Lauderdale. And, but I probably around when I was 10 years old, I was playing baseball, playing basketball, all the typical sports, soccer, any sport you played, I was playing it. You know, if mm -hmm. I had a ball, I'd kick it, throw it, <laughs> hit it, whatever I could do. And my dad wanted to get me into golf because he thought it would be a game. You know, it's a little easier on your body, you know, yep. all these types of things. So he got me a couple lessons, and I actually played in a couple summer tournaments when I was around 10 or 11 years old, and I hated it. Like, you had to tote your <laughs> own bag in 95-degree weather in South Florida in the summertime, and I wasn't that good yet, and so I hated it. And so my, my parents were just kind of having me try everything, and so they weren't real like, hey, you're going to have to do golf. I just kept went back to baseball. Yep. So that was my first exposure, and I kind of kicked myself now because I'm like, man, I wish I would have stuck it out and played some more. So I really didn't play that much in high school, and then in college got back into it where I'd go out, you know, on Sundays, we'd go out to Seminole Golf Course, not Seminole. Not, not, yes, not, 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 not Seminole. the Seminole. You know, yes. Florida State Seminole <laughs> Golf Course, a nice little public track yes. up there. And, uh, you know, we'd grab a case of beer and just go play. Um, but I really got the bug when I got drafted by the New York Giants. My first offseason, I had a bunch of time. You know, it was the first yeah. time I had some time off. And I was like, all right, I want to get good. And I played a ton. Probably spent too much time working on my <laughs> golf game than my quarterback skills. Or maybe I would have played a little bit longer for the Giants. See, this is funny. We had Josh Beckett in a couple days ago, and he said a similar thing. He played with the Marlins. He wasn't doing golf. He was doing fishing, doing other stuff. He didn't get into golf until he went up to Boston in the Northeast where the season is – Seven or eight months, and that's where the golf bug hits you, I guess. I don't know what it is about that right. that neck of the woods, but uh, clearly it, it did for you as well. So who was your guy in terms of as a, as a golf fan? Who was your guy growing up or even in high school, college, that you would pull for? In um, I always liked Davis Love the Third for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I just liked I thought he was smooth. I mean, I, and I love Freddie Couples' swing. Like, I don't play with a glove. I try not to play. It's going to be hard this week because I haven't played, yeah. but I try to play without a glove. Like, I just... There's certain things that I would pick up, like Davis Love. I loved his swing; I just thought it looked very smooth. Hold Ernie on, wait. Elves, Hold I on. Thought... You played growing up. You played in South Florida without a glove. 
Well, that was a, that was a, yeah. a challenge that I faced. Yes. No, and I was little. Now, okay. recently, yeah. I've tried to go that. Um, Ernie so that's, Els, that's a great way to lose a five iron. Ernie Els was a guy I liked to play because I thought his body looked similar to mine, yep. and I would try. And I loved you know the biggies. The tempo, and just the, exactly. So good. So yeah. I'd try to model those types of things. But man, I just, I probably one of the, when I was at Florida State, I was in Tallahassee, came over, and watched um, TBC Sawgrass. So yeah. I watched um, that tournament. And that's kind of when I really got the bug because I was starting to look at all these different guys and getting close-up looks at them and just got hooked. And now, you know, being fortunate enough to get to meet some of these guys, then you start pulling for guys because they're great dudes off the course. Like yeah. Jim Furyk, I played in his charity golf tournament, and he always has guys at his tournament. And he's a Ohio State Buckeye fan, so he always <laughs> wants to talk football. Um, so you get to, like, pull for these guys because they're really good dudes. If I make you PGA Tour commissioner for a day, what's the first thing you're going to change or do or whatever? Um... Uh, I think we have to do something with equipment because it is getting a little bit out of control how far guys are hitting it. I mean, look, we tried to extend courses for Tiger Woods specifically, and everybody just kind of caught up to him. I think there almost should be something where they should put a limitation on the ball um, or the club faces, something where there's just, all right, we've gone as far as we can go with the equipment. Let's, let's call it a day on that one. <laughs> and have everybody, you know, playing with the same, yeah. same equipment. They've talked about that, having, especially for the Masters, maybe having an Augusta National ball, where because mm -hmm. that course is the, the, the be-all and end-all that you say you don't want to be messing with it year after year. And maybe everyone steps inside those gates, you're going to play one ball. But I, I kind of like that. I, I'll let you tell Callaway and Titleist that <laughs> yeah, we need to roll back right, the ball. Right. But, it's like uh, telling Apple they can't come yes, out with a new no iPhone. More, no more innovation. We're done here. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all right, well, I, I am, as you know, a Florida Gator, so we need to delve back into okay, a little good. bit of college football here. What is your favorite road venue to play in, either for, either for good reasons or bad reasons? All right, I, I love playing at Florida Field, yeah. but it wasn't my favorite. It's fine. Um, Clemson's up there, Death okay. Valley. But my favorite, and it's kind of sad because you can't do it anymore, is the old Orange Bowl. Yes. Um, playing, and I, I was awful there. Like, it wasn't like there are great memories. I threw three picks and got benched in that game. But I did play in an actual Orange Bowl versus Notre Dame my last year. It was the last game ever at the Orange Bowl okay. venue at the old one. Um, there was just something about it, the character, the feel, the, the smell. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was bad, and you, the, the way the stands kind of uh, bounced up and down. But it just had an, an energy and a, a character that you don't see. Like, and I, I, I'm the same way with the Yankee Stadium. Like, I like the old one better than yeah. the new one. I'm just, I like some things that have character, and it takes a lot of time to get to a place where you have those types of memories. Got to have the on-campus stadium. The, yeah, the Mi yeah. Miami playing 20 miles down the road. No, and they have, they have two good games a year, and those ones will be good atmosphere. But they only need 45,000-seat stadium. Yeah. Like, just have that and then put it on near campus, and they'd be set up. So what is now in your, in your current Florida radio? Field was the loudest I ever played in, just so you know. That's good. The loudest. Did you ever far. play at LSU? Uh, no, I never got to yeah. play there. But I, I feel I, like that's... That's one I think that would be an all-timer, yeah. like just to yeah. up there. Um, I still remember, I went to the Florida-Florida State game in 2003, the PK-Sam game, mm -hmm. and I hate that you guys won that game because that was my favorite all-time swamp game. It was the loudest it ever was. Right. And 4th and 14, I, we need to digress because I'm just going to start. <laughs> right. it was my bad. favorite. Yeah. I've never heard a crowd get as quiet as 1993 when we won the national championship yeah. and we were playing, and Charlie Ward... It was like a third down, and we were losing, and he hit work done. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was so loud, and then just instantly, you could almost hear a pin drop. Yeah. Yeah. So now in your day job as a radio host, Rusillo and Canell, what is the top fan base that just absolutely 
gets after you. So the worst, basically, yes. what you're saying. Yes. Um, Trying to calculate I explain, We've actually had this debate on our show, like okay. top five worst, <laughs> most obnoxious fan bases. And I'll give you, there's, there is a consensus that's starting to build around our analysts. And especially with Twitter, you get to know them so much better. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so perfect. More intimately, it's right? the meet and greet so of social media. Personally for me, and it's always the, like, and it shouldn't be an indictment of the fan bases because it's always the worst of their fan bases mm -hmm. that are the loudest. I was hard on Alabama the last four or five years. Like, I've been one to say, hey, they're beatable. Yeah. And saying they're beatable is like saying their program is trash <laughs> to the Alabama yeah. fan base. They're, they have been after me. But Ohio State, yep. across the board, one of, one of the most obnoxious. Michigan fans, this year, I, was, I said I didn't think they were good enough to be in the playoff, and their fans let me have it. I'll, be the, I'll tell you this. Okay. I haven't had to endure this wrath, obviously. Uh, but FSU talk about Twitter, FSU Twitter, hashtag yeah, FSU Twitter is up there. And that's why I say it's mostly the worst of yes, the fan base yes. that gets out there. Because we have great fans, but sometimes they're not so great on Twitter. FSU Twitter set a high watermark <laughs> yes, in yes. 2014. That, it's going to be hard for anyone to beat, but I do think that uh, Bama and Ohio Gator State. Gator fans hate me, but they don't have anything to talk smack about. Sad but recently. true. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, we're quietly waiting. Just. Yeah. Mourning the the loss of just our entire quarterback regime for the last five or six years, but whatever. Uh, I will let you get out of here on this one. So you're heading over to Grand uh, Tranquilo. What is one guy you want to beat in this week's field? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I would love to beat Marty Fish, but he's like a runaway favorite. You, you take you take Woods. the defending champion. That's, no, no, that's, you take yeah. him out. Um, all right, I have one okay. that I want to beat, and I didn't beat last year, and it's not a guy. Ah. Blair O'Neill beat me there last year, okay. and I was not too happy about that. So that's my goal is to beat Blair. All right, that's heads it. up, Blair. Yes, Kendall, watch out. Kendall's coming Did for you. Can you get in her kitchen a little bit? Yeah, I don't sure. Know. Now you got a couple just, days here all right, still. All right, coming yeah. off a four-month layoff, what could possibly, <laughs> possibly right. go wrong here? But uh, Danny Cannell, appreciate you stopping in. Best of luck this week at the Diamond Resorts Invitational. And uh, may Florida State go 11 and 1 eternally. <laughs> All right, there it is. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this uh, Golf Channel podcast. I'm Will Gray for Danny Cannell. We'll see you next time. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 